Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Anthony C. Ferrante, director of Sharknado. Hi, this is the voice of BattleBots, Mark Biro. This is Seth Shostak, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute. Hello, my name is Matt Simon. I'm a science writer at Wired Magazine and author of the new book, The Wasp That Brainwashed the Caterpillar. This is Frank Joseph. I'm the author of an essay in the latest book, Lost Secrets of the Gods. Hi, this is Linda Godfrey, author of American Monsters. Hello, my name is Robert Salas. I'm the author of Unidentified, the UFO Phenomenon. Hi, this is Nick Redfern, the author of Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind. Hi, my name is Bob Luca. And my name is Betty Andreessen Luca. Hi, this is Jesse Proofus, the producer of JFK, The Smoking Gun. Hello, this is Marty Langford. I'm the director of Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Hi, this is Kevin Randall, author of Alien Mysteries, Conspiracies, and Cover-Up. Hi, this is Tracy Roberts, founder of I'm Jeremiah Bomex, the producer of The Reel of Horror. Hi, my name is Bill Hall, author of The World's Most Haunted House. Hi, this is Micah Hanks, and I'm the author of the book The Ghost Rockets. And you're listening to Emmy on the Graveyard Shift talk show, blogtalkradio.com. this show live. You can, well, actually one way you can watch it, two ways you can listen to it. 
One way is you can listen to it with the music, with all the clips that I play on our Blog Talk Radio server, which we're very grateful to Blog Talk Radio for bringing us back. Um, we want to thank them for, you know, inviting us back to the server. It was great. I, I love being on Blog Talk Radio. It's a great uh, server to be a part of and everything. So thank you very much, Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us on blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. And that's one word blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. Now, for any of you that want to call in live during the show, I welcome you to do so. You can do it by calling in at area code 657-383-0162. That's area code 657-383-0162. And if you're watching us on my Facebook page, the, the number's right there. You can call in and you can listen while I'm on. Now, I said there were two ways, right? So while I'm doing this in audio on our Blog Talk Radio page, you can watch me with your peepers on my Facebook page, which is Emilio Diaz, or facebook.com slash Emmy Dashogun. That's E-M-I-D-A-S-H-O-G-U-N. We also have a show fan page on Facebook called The Graveyard Shift Talk Show, and you'll know it's us because we have that famous yellow and black logo of the graveyard shift, which, you know, I still haven't gotten a t-shirt for that yet. Got to get around to that at some point. And by the way, I want to welcome all our awesome fans and friends that are, and family that's watching us on Facebook. I want to thank you guys for even, even if it's just a quick pop in just to see what's this guy about. Oh man, I don't want to see that. That looks, that looks boring. I'm going to, you know, go away, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Thank you. Welcome. And I hope to, for those of you that don't know where the show is and are just watching this for the first time, I hope to welcome you as longtime fans. So for the rest of you, this has been one heck of a season, hasn't it? I mean, already we are only in episode three, and I've been to Tampa Comic Con. I've been to MegaCon. I got to interview a ton of people, including Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy. I've interviewed um, a whole ton of artists. I interviewed Jerry Conway, or, or Jerry Conway, uh, <laughs> a writer, excuse me, a writer. He was a writer, is a writer of Marvel, and I interviewed a whole ton. Oh, my gosh, a lot of people, I can't even remember all their names, to be quite honest. But I also got a chance to see again my very good friend, Dr. Paul Bearer, uh, whom all of you, I hope, have, have, uh, have seen his videos on Facebook. If not, please check him out. He is hilariously, frightfully great. And, by the way, I also wanted to welcome another friend, a colleague of mine, who is in the same kind of a similar business as Dr. Paul, Michael McQuarrie, who is the man of a thousand faces. And truly he is, if you guys haven't checked out his stuff yet, go on YouTube and just look up Michael McQuarrie or just look him up under my friends list. And let me tell you, this guy is one hell of a talented chapeau and you can check out his stuff. Okay. So what's going on this season? I'm going to do things a tiny, tiny bit differently. You know, I used to start the show by going into the news of the day, which I still might do that. But because we have so many topics today, I think I'm just going to jump right in. So the first topic that I'm going to talk about is the Mandela Effect. Now, some of you may or may not have heard of this. And by the way, as I'm discussing this topic, I want you guys to call in on your opinions. And if you've noticed anything about any of these topics, especially this one, I want to hear about it. What is the Mandela Effect? Okay. The Mandela Effect is actually a very interesting phenomenon. I only found out about it, I want to say, less than six months ago. And I actually have my brother-in-law, Matt, to, to thank for that. He's the one that let us in on it. And it truthfully blew my mind. And what it is, it's a collective misremembering of a fact or event. Now, there's a lot of theories as to how this happens, okay? Now, what that means is, there are so many, so many examples of how I can tell you about. Um, basically, the biggest one is how this all got started. It was started by a woman named Fiona Moon, and you, you can look her up, and she's the one that kind of started it all. It was at one of the Dragon Cons, and her and her friend were discussing how whatever happened to Nelson Mandela, and one of them thought he died, and the other one thought he's still alive. Well, that's where the whole name, the Mandela Effect, came up. Okay. Basically, um, the Mandela Effect was that Nelson Mandela, what happened to him? 
Did he die where? How? A lot of us remember that he died in prison, right? During the 1980s. Well, hate to burst your bubble for those of you who still think this. Nelson Mandela did not die in prison. He actually died in 2013. Right? When I when I found out about this, I was like, what? Now, for some of you, this may seem like, oh, come on. Everybody knows that, but not everybody knew this. And what's been happening is ever since this thing became, you know, mainstream and popular, um, things have been added. There's been new Mandela effect examples or phenomena. And what ends up happening is some of us, are still affected by this phenomenon. Some of us still remember things as they were for real, and some of us are, are not. We don't see the changes, okay? There's one, for example, that people are recalling um, the death of Billy Graham, okay? Some people are confusing Mr. Graham's retirement or maybe the televised funeral of Mr. Graham's wife, but some clearly remember the events very, very vividly and will disagree to a very, very strong amount. So there's that. There's also some people who recall a painted portrait of Henry VIII, you know, King Henry, I am Henry VIII, I am Henry VIII, I am, that he was holding a turkey leg in one hand. Now, this, this one I think is someone superimposing, but I don't know. Someone remembers that there was an actual painting of this, someone saying no. Uh, there's another one where um, uh, there's some people remembering McDonald's was spelled as McDonald's. I'm thinking that one is a wrong memory there. Um, so now I'm going to hit you with a big one. How many of you remember reading about the Berenstain Bears? Hands up. I, I knew I, I know I did. Well, what if I were to tell you that the way you think they spelled that is wrong? How is it spelled? B E R. E N S T what? A I N or E I N? Therein lies the trick, doesn't it? A lot of people grew up with the series, and it remembers that the Berenstain Bears were spelled S T E I N. Go look up a book of them right now. It's not E I N, it's A I N. And I know if you remember this as vividly as I do, you are going to be blown away because I remember it as being E-I-N. They're insane, like Stein, you know, like they're Jewish or whatever, uh, which, you know, made me wonder if they were Jewish, why, why, why were they eating pork one day? Well, anyway, maybe they were Reformed Jews. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm curious about that. Well, people have actually found books of the bears spelled this way instead of A-I-N. They, they found it spelled E-I-N. And there's kind of the trick about all this. People are actually finding like in old VHS tapes of, of different things or, or, or pictures in newspapers or what have you. They're finding proof that things have been changed. Now, let's pause for just a second. Let, okay, how are things changed, right? That, that's, the picture, that's a question that's asked a lot. Well, depending on how deep you go into this thing, some of the people who are into this a lot, which I am, but not to uh, like an insane degree, they say that there's some kind of Illuminati New World Order group that is actually in control of it. Now, I'll leave that to you to whether you want to believe that or not. Um, I do not necessarily subscribe to that particular theory because it would require an insane amount of power to make that kind of change. And also it begs the, what, the question, why? Why would they go to the extent of changing something so menial, so, you know, little as that, you know? And it's not just these things. I mean, there's cereal boxes that have been, you know, changed in the sense of how we remember them and how they really were or how they were changed, you know, things like that. Now, what about, what else? So this kind of goes into that whole parallel universe alternate realities thing. So a lot of people say, well, it's not that it's in your memory that's messing up. It's that another universe is crossing into ours and, you know, mixing. Now, let me tell you this, before you start scoffing and laughing at me, this is an actual theory that many scientists, including Neil deGrasse Tyson himself and Michio Kaku, who are both noted 
astrophysicists, they actually subscribe to, or at least, not saying they believe in it, but they say it's probable. So what that means is if parallel universes are real, then there are times where they might intersect with ours, and maybe in that universe, Frank Sinatra never existed, or it was somebody else instead of Frank Sinatra that became famous, or maybe in that universe something so small as the Berenstain Bears were spelled a different way, and it's spilling into ours, and there you have it. And I, I get it. I understand. I know it sounds absolutely ludicrous, okay? Some of these things, actually a lot of these things to me, they seem like what is happening is what's called false memory, okay? What is false memory? False memory, if I can find the definition here, is a psychological phenomenon where a person recalls something that did not happen, okay? It's often considered in legal cases regarding, unfortunately, childhood sexual abuse. This phenomenon was initially investigated by the pioneers Pierre Janet and Sigmund Freud. In fact, Freud wrote about this in the Etiology of Hysteria, where he discussed repressed memories of childhood trauma in their relation to hysteria. And, you know, you can go into this. this that's a whole subject in of itself. Now, that's not what this is. Okay, a lot of people mistake false memory for the Mandela effect. It's not. It's basically just people remembering certain things a certain way, and you're dead certain about it. For example, one famous case is Oscar Mayer. How do you guys remember the Oscar Mayer logo? Do you remember it as O-S-C-A-R-M-E-Y-E-R or is it M-A-Y-E-R? Let's sing it together. My baloney has a first name. It's O-S-C-E-R E-C, sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll start over. My baloney has a first name. I can't spell. It's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name. It's M-A-Y-E-R, not M-E-Y. So a lot of us are remembering it as M-E-Y. I actually am not sure about this one. I don't know if I remember it as the other way. I'm kind of freaked out by it. A lot of this stuff is like, What? What about, how many, how many of you out there are Sex and the City fans? Some of you? What if I told you that it's not the way you remember it? How is that show actually written? Is it Sex in the City or Sex and the City? Well, I hate to tell you, but it's Sex and the City, not Sex in. And before you start making fun, oh, come on, that's just people remembering it incorrectly, there's an actual image of the misspelling as you remember it. And I'm going to share it with you right now on this Facebook feed. I'm going to share it with you right now. Here we go. Let me see if I can. Here's the address of the picture. I don't know if it's going to show. I don't know if that'll show actually. Oh, there we go. There, you can see it. I just posted a picture of the sex and the city how it's supposed to be spelled. So there you have it. And what about, that's one thing. What about Queen? How many of you guys are Queen fans? Do any of you remember We Are the Champions? How did that end? Do you guys remember how that song ended? Does anyone remember, you know, no time for losers because we are the champions of the world, except he never said of the world. But you remember it. I remember it. What? If you see the video of him singing this song, and this is the song, this is the, the song that they played on the radio stations, he doesn't say what we all remembered him saying. It drives me nuts. So I'm going to share this with you. Uh, hold on a second. If I can, here we go. Where are you? There you are. Okay, I'm going to share this with you so you guys can see it for yourself. Okay. (laughs) Here's a link to the We Are the Champions. And if you fast forward to the very end of that video, you know, obviously open it in a new tab so you don't lose this, you can see 
how he does not say of the world at the very end, and it will blow your mind. I know because it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. So that's another one. Um, let's keep going with this, right? There's a whole ton of this. And by the way, while I'm doing this, you can call the show and tell me what you think of any of this and what you also remember as being different. Or if you want to ask me, has anything else changed that you know of? Has this changed? You know, give me a call, area code 657 3830162. That's 657 3830162. You don't have to give your name. You can make up a name or whatever. And I, I won't broadcast who you are or whatever like that. I mean, unless you want me to. And we can discuss this. What about how many of you are Monopoly fans? Like Monopoly the game. You guys remember uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags, the guy with the monocle, except guess what? He never had a monocle. The, I actually was bothered by this because I thought he did, but he never did. We are, again, this is another Mandela effect that we are remembering this and, and something has changed, right? So this is another one of those things like, did it change or are we just remembering wrong? But there sure are a lot of these incidents that we're remembering wrong. That's kind of where all of this is coming from. Okay. So let me see. Uh, Chick-fil-A is not spelled C-H-I-C or C-H-I-K. Okay. Now this one, this one, I really think I know actually is just us remembering incorrectly. A lot of people say Darth Vader says, Luke, I am your father. Darth Vader never says that. I remember, I even have a VHS tape where he says, no, I am your father. And okay. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you. Yeah. I, I thought he said it. That's what I'm saying. This is freak. This freaks me out. I mean, this is, this stuff blows your mind. If you get into this, if you really get into this Mandela effect stuff, it will blow you away because I could not freaking, it just keeps going. Like there's other stuff too that I never knew was this way. And it's, again, it's not about that we're remembering it wrong. Something happened. There's some kind of change that occurred and I don't know what, you know, it's a, it depends what you believe in. Okay. I honestly don't know what the, uh, the answer is. I just know it can't be all explained as remembering incorrectly because there's too many things. Okay, getting back to what I was talking about. Darth Vader always has said, no, I am your father. Remember Luke said, um, he, you know, Obi-Wan told me enough. He told me you killed him. And then Darth Vader says, no, I am your father. Some people are saying, he says, Luke, I'm your father. Which, no, that, let me just squash that right now. He did not say that. He said, no. Okay, uh, let me see. Okay. All right. This one's going to blow you guys away. How many of you uh, remember being a child and watching the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, right? Because I, I know I did. Um, remember the first line? How does, he, how does that go? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor, except no. Nope. I hope you're sitting down. He does not say that anymore. He says it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood oh yes he does go look it up open a new tab and look it up he does he says it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood i know it freaked me out because i never remembered him saying that i always and i'm just i'm like what so there you go okay let me see uh kit kat does not have a dash between the name it's just kit kat but we remember it having a dash, right? I know I do. All right. Uh, here's another one. Uh, how many of you remember that Sinbad, you know, the comedian? How many of you guys remember that genie movie he did back in the 90s? Except he never did one. So now this one, I'm thinking people are, are inserting him where it's actually Shaquille and Kazam. Okay, James brought up a really good one. Interview with a vampire or interview with the vampire. That's true. A lot of people are remembering it one way or the other. And that's, I think that's a fairly recent one. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think, I'm not sure which one it's supposed to be, but I think it's supposed to be interview with um, Timmy also never fell down the well. That's true. He never did. That's very true. How about the, the, I've got an audio clip of this to prove it. How about Forrest Gump? How many of you guys remember Forrest Gump? What did he say to the, the lady in the very beginning? My mama always said, life, what? Well, everyone says he says, life, 
is like a box of chocolates, guess what? No. He actually says life was like a box of chocolates. And I'm going to play it for you right now so you can hear it for yourself. Let me find it. Here we go. Are you ready, guys? I'm going to play it on the Blog Talk server. If you want to listen to this, you got to open a new tab or new window and go into blogtalkradio.com slash the graveyard shift. No, Jeremy, it's not. It's life was like a – I know. I thought it was like that, too, my whole the whole time, but it's not. I'm going to play the audio clip right now. If you go to that link on the pinned comment and just open it a new tab, I'm going to play the audio clip right now. I'll give you guys a couple seconds if you want to wait. Yeah, and it does. It does make sense, but we always thought that it was the other way around. So here's the audio clip, and here he is, and you can hear it for yourself. Here we go. Hello. My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I mean to tell you, that blew me freaking away when I heard that. I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I mean, it's true. It makes sense now that if you think about it, that's what he should be saying because it was past tense. But we always remembered it as is. You know. And again, this breaks the, the, the theory. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about we're just remembering things wrong? Or is there something more devious going on? Now, I know some of you think of this in a different way, so that's fine. Um, let me see. Now, James just said, also, a kid got run over by the tank in Tiananmen Square. Oh, right. Exactly. There is a video of the kid that, are you talking about the one that, that everyone remembers that's standing up? The one that, that protested standing up? I'll, I'll, I'm not sure if that's the one you're talking about, James. But there's one of a guy that was protesting standing in front of the tank. And I, I don't know if this is the one he's talking about or is that, that it got changed that he actually got run over. And he said he watched it in history class. So that's, yes, okay. I remember this too. We all remember, that's a pretty serious change. We all, thank you, James. We all remember that, or most of us anyway, remember that famous protest of the guy, the the grocery guy, I think it was called. And he was standing in, thank you very much. He was standing in front of the tanks in Tiananmen Square. Well, now if you look at it, he gets run over. He gets run over. Look it up. I mean, I'm, I saw it myself. And, yeah, okay, so now um, James says now it's a guy that stood there and talked to them. That didn't happen. It was a kid, and he got run over, and that is what sparked the Civil War. So now if you see it, it's the other way around. He actually did not get run over. So I, I'm sorry. I said that the wrong way. See, this is what happens, you know. So this is, again, what are we ha- what's going on here? It's pretty serious stuff. Okay, uh, how about movies? Hannibal Lecter. Did he ever say hello, Clarice? Nope. When Clarice first meets Hannibal Lecter, he actually just says good morning. He never says hello, Clarice. And yet, it's the most famous line it was never said. Oh, my gosh. And this one I think James said earlier, the queen in Snow White never said mirror, mirror on the wall. What she actually said was magic mirror on the wall. So, oh, by, uh, no, that one is, okay, uh, let me see. I mean, so anyway, this just goes on and on and on. I mean, I can go into this forever, guys. I mean, you know, it's, that's what this is all about. Okay. Let me see. Okay. So, again, with the Mandela effect, there's so many. Oh, James says there are life of the lie. Now, I know James subscribed to the theory about, I think you told me before, you, you subscribed to the theory of parallel realities and all that stuff. And that, that's cool. I know a lot of people do. Um, I don't know 
about that. I think there's a, I do think there's a possibility. Now, whether or not it's intersecting with ours and or actually replacing our reality, that's a whole nother matter because you, you've got to stop to think, why is it only certain things, you know, and is it, are they doing it in a gradual, and if it's a they, if it's an actual person doing this or group doing this, are they doing it as a gradient effect so we're only seeing certain things changing? And by the way, for those of you joining us, we're discussing the Mandela effect. Um, And if you can look it up, uh, go online, look up Mandela effect, and you'll see what it is. And again, if you guys want to call in, nobody's called in yet. That doesn't surprise me. Nobody ever calls in. Uh, It's area code 657-383-0162. That's area code 657-383-0162. And I knew this was going to happen, that I was going to get into a topic this long, because one of these topics could take up the whole show. Anyway, I'll just finish this thought, and then I'll go on to the next topic. It's really, you know, I would think if there was a, an evil organization, like let's say the Illuminati or NWO, and they were trying to change our reality in the sense of doing this Mandela effect, I would think they would do it in a more grandiose manner. Okay, so James just put something down. I think he's told me this before. We destroyed our reality in 2012 when we discovered the God particle, and the merger didn't work well, hence why some of our minds are from our world and some of them are from the new ones. I've heard of this theory before. This is not, Yes, I've heard of this. Some people say that when we discovered the God particle in the CERN collider, look it up, it happened, um, something happened. You know, some of us know about this apparently and some of us don't. And this is up to you whether you believe it or not. It doesn't, some people believe it, some people don't, it's, you know. And um, like I said, I don't know. I'm still, uh, yes, I agree that there is something seriously weird going on here. And I do believe in parallel universes, but I don't know whether I, I, I don't know if I believe in that yet to that extent. I'm, I'm still, you know, reading about it and getting into it. Okay. So that's that. I, I, I have to stay true to the topic of the show. So I don't want to become the entire thing, become the Mandela effect, you know? So now, now, this next topic goes into Planet Nibiru. Now, Planet Nibiru is kind of sort of in the it's sort of in the Mandela effect topic in the sense that there is an alternate reality factor to it. But Planet Nibiru is basically linked to the whole Mayan calendar thing. Um <laughs> the universe I know you believe. Yes. Planet. Not right. Thank you, Jeremy. Yes. So there's a lot of rumors that have gone on with this. Okay. The first one or one of the first ones said that the world was going to end in 2012. You remember that the whole Mayan apocalypse thing, which obviously didn't happen. And one popular contender was planet Nibiru, which was apparently a planet that would be colliding with the earth. And that would be the end of the year, which it never happened. Well, apparently there's still some people saying that it's still going to happen. Um, Nibiru has been linked to NASA by various bloggers and is also sometimes referred to or confused with Planet X, another supposed world for which there is no evidence. According to certain sources, of some people say, no, there is evidence and there's video. Then again, there's people saying there's evidence and video of the flat Earth. Go figure. Because of the, because of the Nibiru-NASA connection that hasn't been claimed, the space agency put out a statement to say there is no Nibiru or Planet X coming to destroy Earth. What follow, what, what is in this story, they go into the true science and history of it, okay? And, you know, as far as evidence for this planet, well, in 1984, a scientific paper was published in the Astrophysical Journal Letters, which discussed several infrared sources with no counterparts, that turned up in a survey of the sky. Such surveys are common in astronomy and usually involve follow-ups that individually detail the more interesting sources. Now, in the follow-up of the 1984 survey, most of the sources turned out to be distant galaxies. None were identified as planets. Both papers, by the way, are available to the public. You just have to turn up, go and uh, look up Astrophysical Journal Letters, 1984. Um, now, a planet with an orbit so eccentric that it took 3,600 years to orbit the sun 
would create instability uh, inside of the 4.5 billion year old solar system. After only a few trips, its gravity would have significantly disrupted the other planets while feeling a responding push from those planets that would have changed its orbit significantly. Now, the easiest and most verifiable piece of evidence arguing against the existence of this planet can be really performed by anyone according to this article. According to the information available, a planet, oh, they just said it, um, easily performed calculations show that by April 2012, it would be brighter than the faintest stars viewed from a city and almost as bright as Mars at its dimmest. This would make it visible to astronomers everywhere. Now, the most common rebuttal of this is the cry of conspiracy theory. However, there are hundreds of thousands of amateur astronomers around the world, each with their own telescope. On top of that, most of the thousands of professional astronomers are linked not to the government, but to private universities. Okay, so this goes on and on. Obviously, this article is against the, the theory of this planet. And there are a lot of people, again, who are out there who say this thing does exist, and they have video evidence of it. Okay, now let me give you my take on this. No. I do not think planet Nibiru exists, at least not the way we think of it, and I'll tell you why. Space is freaking weird as hell, and it's bigger than we could ever hope to even comprehend. The Earth that you and I live in is a a little tiny blue dot in a insanely massive tapestry of galaxies and planets and anomalies and black holes. I mean, okay, everything in space has a path, has a start and an end point, or at least an, an, an orbit, okay? Let's, let's look at comets, okay? Where do comets come from? Now, remember, when comets first came up and became, you know, visible, we thought they were portents of doom. I mean, even the word, um, it's flat, everyone knows. <laughs> thank you, James. I forgot. I'm not on that topic yet, but thank you for bringing that up. Um, here, I'll do that. That's for you, James, okay? The or the, there you go. Okay. When the comets, remember, if we go back in time, the comets were thought to be harbingers of doom. We thought whenever we saw a comet in the sky, our ancestors thought, oh, my God, something terrible was going to happen. And actually, a lot of times it did, so we linked it with them. And, in fact, it got so, so detailed that comet prophecy was an actual career. The Chinese, the Chinese had detailed Detailed drawings like a two-tailed comet meant this, a three-tailed comet meant you know famine or whatever, and you know they would actually go into they would actually you know whatever match it there I said it, and you know it wasn't until two gentlemen got together and realized what comets really were. Well, they're that's not entirely correct. They're their theories helped another person think of it. Edmund Halley and Isaac Newton became good friends. And because of Newton's Percipia, the, the, basically the beginning of modern science as we know it, look it up, it's one hell of a read. Um, he, his theories in that book led John Ort to basically come to the conclusion that there's this enormous cloud of comet of asteroids called the Oort cloud. Look it up. It's, it's real. That exists. And this is an actual thing that really does exist, even though we've never seen it. But it really does exist out there. We just can't see it physically because space is dark. You know, space lives matter, guys. Okay. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? All right. So um, you have all these asteroids that become comets, okay? And at a certain point in time, because of where their orbits lie, the, the actual comet, because of gravity, turns and falls towards the sun. And also because of gravity, thank you very much, 
because of gravity, it turns around and makes an orbit that brings it so that we can see it in the sky. And then it goes back to the cloud. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, what does that have to do with anything? So what? I mean, okay, that's where the whole comet tail comes from. Because what's happening is when the comet leaves, you know, remember space is, is black and dark, and, and, but it's also cold, like freezing cold, colder than the coldest Arctic glacier, okay? And when it, when it comes closer to the sun, the sun bakes the comet. And what happens is you get the ice. You guys remember this from class, right? Oh, excuse me. You get the tail, which is the, the ice, you know, trailing off or whatever. And that's what we're seeing in the sky. The, the comet going and basically trailing off right above our atmosphere, you know, so it doesn't actually hit our atmosphere. Now, if it does hit the atmosphere, that's a meteorite, right? Or a falling star. But if it doesn't, if it just coasts back into its orbit, that's a comet. You better hope that a comet like Halley's Comet never crashes because if it does, it'll do some serious damage. And it was basically Halley himself that through his predictions, we actually have Halley's Comet. Now, the reason I brought that up is because that is a very vivid example and a real, for real example of something that we thought was this mystical, supernatural thing and it ended up being nothing of the sort. So what I'm thinking is happening here with planet Nibiru is that I think what people are seeing in their telescopes is not a planet. They probably saw some distant comet, or they saw what's called a rogue planet, which is very unlikely, by the way. You would, you would have to have one of the most powerful telescopes in existence to see something like that. What is a rogue planet, Emmy? A rogue planet is a planet that's not near any sun. It's just drifting in space by itself. It has its own orbit. Some of them have moons. Some of them don't. Some of them have rings. Some of them don't. And they have zero atmosphere that we know of and no life that we know of. And they're, you know, they're either called rogue planets or dark planets or, you know, whatever. But my point is, if you just went out in space, it would be very, very verifiable that you could just run into one unless, you know, you have, like, spaceship headlights or something. So um, that's what a rogue planet is. So maybe, maybe what these people are seeing is a rogue planet way in the distance, and they're thinking, oh, my God, that's planet Nibiru. Now, the reason why planet Nibiru does not exist in the context that it's coming to get us is that a planet, an actual planet, that we're talking like even the size of a moon, if it came towards us, it wouldn't even take it to be as far away from us as the sun in order for us to feel its effects already. I mean, think about it. We're talking about a planet. So we're talking about a planet moving against, against all the orbits of all the other planets, making a beeline straight for earth. And it's not just us that it would affect guys. It would affect all the other planets, Venus, Mercury, Mars, I mean, we're basically, we wouldn't even see it coming because by the time it came close to the sun, notice I said close to the sun, that would already affect the orbit of every other planet. I mean, you would base, it would be, the, it would be equivalent to, you know, how those, you, you know, in pool, the, the game of pool, and you have them all set up in a rack at the very beginning of the, of the game, it would be equivalent to somebody hitting that first ball into that triangle and all the planets go all over the place. It would be similar to that. Obviously the planets wouldn't go all over the place, but you would have a cataclysm of in, frankly, inconceivable, inconceivable proportions. And not, first of all, that would never happen because everything in space has a path. And if we haven't run into a planet yet, we won't. Now, what I, I will tell you what will happen, the sun will die at some point. We, you know, you and I won't be alive when this happens. This will happen billions of years in the future. And, you know, um, okay, so James, James brought up, you mean like all the hurricanes? No, dude, not even close. If we, basically, it would just happen like that. If it came close to the sun in a sense that it would be affecting us, we wouldn't even notice 
anything. I mean, basically, we would be vaporized because what would happen is, well, first of all, if the sun didn't vaporize it before it came to us, because we're talking about something coming probably closer than Mercury, okay? And Mercury is pretty damn hot. If it came closer than that, it would be vaporized. And exactly, exactly, it would get burned up in a heartbeat. Now, that's, that's that. Now, if it doesn't do that, if it goes another way, let's say it doesn't do that. Let's say it goes the other way and comes through our rear. Eh, um, we wouldn't even see it coming. We, we would just, I mean, literally, by the time it gets to a point where it would affect us, it would probably be as far away as maybe Jupiter. And the reason, now hold on, we're talking about a moving body, right? We're talking about a moving planet. Because of the forces of nature, space nature, space time, you, are, you have to take into consideration the centrifugal force and the kinetic and the resting energy that goes along with this thing that would basically follow it and precede it, okay? Because remember, we're not just talking about energy behind it. There's also energy in front of it. That energy would affect Earth, and it would not affect it in a gradual way. It would affect it in an instantaneous way. And there's a way that you can test that. There are actual scientific experiments that you can make to test how something, when you drop it on the ground, what that energy of it hitting the, the floor can do, okay? Because there's kinetic energy, there's, you know, there's resting energy, and then there's the energy of the actual, yeah. And <laughs> it's called Bruce Willis. Well, yeah, Bruce Willis or Chuck Norris, either of them could save us for sure. I agree. But anyway, so there, that's why I think if this thing really existed, Honestly, we wouldn't even know about it. There's, we wouldn't even see it in the telescope. It would just bam. I mean, well, we would – no, actually, no. We wouldn't even see it because – and another thing, another reason I know this would happen is because when we look at space, we're not looking at real time. We are looking at it in time travel. The sun is eight minutes before. So whenever you look at the light that the sun produces – the sun is, we're seeing the sun as it is eight minutes prior. And every heavenly body is its own time. So one star we could be looking at, and that could be that star at, I don't know, five years ago. Because light is, it takes time for the light of that star to reach us for us to see it. Which is why that planet, the light of that planet would not by the time it reached us we would be already dead because the effects of the energy waves of that planet crashing towards earth it would completely disintegrate us so we wouldn't even see it coming okay Whew. okay last topic last topic flat earth okay there are there are people who believe the earth is flat and there has this thing has gotten so popular that actual celebrities like Shaquille O'Neal have come forth saying they believe. If you go on YouTube, if you want to have some fun, go on YouTube and look up Flat Earth. There are a myriad of videos out there that say that it really is flat. I know, I know, but they say it. Um, if you want to believe in this, go ahead. So... Right, because <laughs> everything else is round, but there's a flat. Makes sense. I agree, right? I know, I know. Um, I actually did a show just about this topic. Uh, we had a caller calling in from up north somewhere, and, you know, of, of course he was against it. I wanted somebody for it, but, oh, there you go, James. Thank you for the link of the Flat Earth today. So there you have it. So And, and you know, they, they say that, oh, we only see it as round because that's how – there, NASA is manipulating the images, and, and if you go, you know, there are people who say they have plain, plain videos, um, right, New Age Flat Earthers, exactly right, Jeremy. There are, you know, Flat Earth people who have videotaped their plane trip, and they say you can see it flat, except, okay, first of all, I've seen these videos. You, it is so obvious that they have modified the video. I mean, it's like laughably obvious. It's like some of these UFO videos, which you know are fake. 
I mean, I believe in UFOs. I actually saw one when I was in high school. I couldn't believe it myself. It scared the hell out of me, and my grandmother saw it too. I'll go into that one day. In fact, I actually went into it on a previous show. You could probably find it. But anyway, it's the same thing. These guys say they have proof, but it's not. There's no proof of it. The earth is round. We have so much evidence of this. I mean, if you can't believe a live feed from the International Frickin' Space Station that shows around Earth, I don't know what to tell you. Not only that, but we have astronauts that the fact that have actually gone around the Earth. Oh, my God. Thank you, James. Why hasn't anyone taken the, a picture of the edge of the Earth? I agree. It would be one hell of a travel destination. That's true. I don't know, guys. I mean, there you have it. Guys, I'm sorry. It looks like we're out of time. I thought I was going to have more time, but apparently I don't. So thank you to all of you who, who participated in the Facebook chat. Um, we didn't have any callers, but that's how it goes sometimes. But at least we had participants in the Facebook chat, so that's good. I'll take that any day. Uh, next Wednesday, be on the lookout. I will be playing the interview with Brad Steiger, the paranormal author celebrity himself. So be on the lookout. He has several books coming out. I can't wait to read them. And thank you very much, Jeremy. So you can listen to this show anytime live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'll be doing these Facebook live uh, video feeds along with the show. So you can watch me while you listen if you want. And I want to thank all of you for coming and participating in our Facebook feed. And for those of you that are listening to us on our Blog Talk server, thank you very much. And by the way, you can subscribe to past episodes on iTunes. I think we're also on Spreaker. And uh, aside from that, I want to thank uh, Cosmic Punch. They're the one, they're the band that provided the music. The theme song for the Graveyard Shift that you heard in the very beginning is from Cosmic Punch. So I want to thank them very much. And again, thank all of our, um, our viewers and listeners. Now, if I can find where the oh you know what i don't think i have the exit <laughs> I really don't all right well that'll this will be the exit then thanks guys for listening this is Annie from the graveyard shift i'll see you next week peace out <laughs>